You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.05 a.m. And before we go into our Bible study time, we have our next quiz question. Please, Lawson, take it away. Yeah, here we go. Elisha was cried to by a widow and he instructs her to sell this to pay debts and take care of her family. Mm. So, Elisha, there's, there's a widow. The widow cries to Elisha, and he instructs her to take something, um, take this thing to pay debts and take care of her family. Mm. So if you know what that thing is that she takes, you know, to sell and to pay debts and whatnot, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. And if you text the number with the correct answer, you will get into the draw to win the great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation. So that is a study guide, a journal you can work your way through and write notes and commentate on what is taking place in Daniel and Revelation. And then also a KGV Bible a Mark Finley with Mark Finley study helps in it as well in the back. We'll give both of those to you absolutely for free. All you have to do is answer questions. And the more questions you answer correctly, the more chances you get in the draw. Again, that number was 0491-064-669. What is it that Elisha instructs the widow to, you know, to, to sell, to pay mm-hmm. the debts and take, to, to pay her debts and take care of And the clue is we family. all still have access to it today. Day. That's right. That's probably a nice, really yeah, general that, that, clue. That is, that is which a is, very general I, I was clue. Gonna, probably yeah. going to give another clue too that would be a little bit more specific but not give it away. Yeah. But I think, yeah, we just we, we use it most days, most of us. Yeah, that's right. That, that, that's yeah. how you'd put it, eh? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> i got a clue, but I don't want to give too much away. Okay, I'll say this. Sometimes it's edible. They, oh, they, see, they, I was that, gonna, I was gonna that, say, yeah. You gotta say something similar. I was gonna say you can find it in your pantry. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's edible. Bruce Shell is really like fidgety now. She's like, she's like, she's like guys, oh, guys, you know, she's watch that's out. That's right. Watch she's out. not quite shaking her head yet, so that's all good. She just <laughs> shook her head. Went, she no, just no, she did just did it, it part way. I saw it from a, the side of my eye. It was yeah. just a part, part it was shake. shake. It was, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like head in the hands, like you know. <laughs> Freaking out. No. Hey, that's it. Hey, look, we had a text come through when the news was on from Suzanne saying, loved that last song before the news. What was the name of it again? Fabulous song. And, of course, that song was by Reggie Smith. The song name was Hallelujah, We're Home at Last. Mm. At last, you at probably last. say, yeah, you know, right. if it's American, but at last. We're home at last. Hallelujah, we're home at last mm-hmm. by Reggie Smith. We have some great songs on here, don't we? We actually have a lot of people writing in saying how much they love the songs, even in between, even once the show is finished and we've got to mm. text them back. But, hey, where are we going to again? Just a reminder, who are we saying hi to today? Uh, that we have our listeners there. Yeah, shout station. out Mernda Victoria listening on 88 FM down there, 88.0, uh, just north, uh, like North Melbourne, yep. essentially, or north of Melbourne, a little suburb there. So shout out everyone in Mernda. If you're from Mernda, you know someone from Mernda, you've mm-hmm. been to Mernda, let us know. I love Melbourne, by the way. I don't know how you feel about yeah, Melbourne. I, I love Melbourne too. I just haven't been there for years, but it's such a cosmopolitan is the word I think of when, when yeah. I think of Melbourne. Hey. That's right. Uh, it's just a real, like, you know, metropolis no, city area. Yeah, I love it. And-
And I, I really, I really enjoy it. I was getting a, I got a call last week. I was talking to my friend who's a pastor down there. Shout out, Pastor Chris. And he, he was like, oh, so Lawson, when are you coming down? He's like, oh, cool. when, when do you have time off? When are you coming down? I'm like, and my classic response is, look, if you want me to go anywhere, Anywhere at all. I need to preach and you, sing. I bet. Like, Is that like, what you said? Just put me on the preaching roster. <laughs> put you. me on the preaching roster, and then I can justify it. because you know this yes. is the thing. Like, even though right now I'm not full time working in a church, I'm a student. But you but love still, you know, Jesus, well, don't you? But you're you a do. part of your local church as That's well. Right. I believe so wholeheartedly in involvement in the local church. Oh yes, and and being there as a witness, leading others to Christ in your local context, journeying mm. with people personally. Like I, I believe in that so much. And so for me, I'm like the only thing that would get me away from being in my local church is, is being somewhere else where I can go and do, do the, the same, do the Lord's work, <laughs> you know? Hey, I all, at the same time also believe in having breaks or holidays or yeah, whatever it may be. Important. Definitely. But I'm like, hey, man, yeah, if you want me to come preach at your church, just chuck me, chuck me on the preaching roster. Good for that. Hey, and I'll, you'll have free accommodation down. at his place, I'm sure. Oh, you always. Know, which, it's which the will be, best. Which will be so, so, so good. But, yeah, no, Melbourne's a beautiful space, hey. Mm. Hey, how good was Brett Weir's interview of his journey yeah, of faith? How beautiful, like, you know, that his grandma just modelled to him what it means to be a true living Christian, mm. to have that true living relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that at the moment of, you know, at the funeral when he was reading psalm 23 it's it wow. like god just touched him in that moment and he started searching mm. and how he's just he's just come to discover god's truth as he's dug yeah. deeper into god's word in every way and now he's a minister studying to be a minister like, yeah absolutely studying with you i can really relate to his context as well having come from a non-christian family too yeah. and a non-christian background for me it's like None of my family are Christian whatsoever, uh, you know, that I could have that experience with. But I went to a Christian, a really good Christian school and had some really good Christian friends. And it kind of opened the door for me when I eventually had my encounter with, with Christianity and seeking and wanting to know. I had a positive perspective of what Christianity yeah. was because I'd had those positive encounters with my friends from school and with the school itself. And so, yeah, I think it's just such an encouragement as well just to live as a Christian. You know, sometimes it can feel as though I'm not necessarily evangelizing to this person. I don't have them in Bible study. So is my witness really valuable? And the answer is absolutely yes. Absolutely. Because that moment will come where they are questioning and they'll think back to the you know people will think back to potentially an interaction that they have with you it's like oh yeah well you know this person seemed to have it together they seem to know and and have some level of peace despite everything that was happening in the world and so i i want to be more like them i want to know why they feel that way and and yeah, it'll happen. So we, we just want to encourage you here on Faith FM, live, live a Christ-like life. Absolutely. And I, I think of the verse when you were just sharing that, you know, where Paul says, mm. um, sorry, in Acts it says, you know, that, that, uh, sorry, I'm thinking Acts, no, it's, it's in, in Corinthians where Paul mm. actually says, you know, I planted it, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. God and that's the thing. It's God that does, does the changing of the heart in that space. Not, and I love what you're saying too, because like in my case, I was, you know, I've shared before too that, that I was brought up in a Christian seventh day of in his mm. home. But as a teenager, I really questioned, do I need God in my life? Do I, you know, am I going to the seventh day of church because it's habit? You know, it's tradition. That's where my parents have been going. 
or is it because it's actually grounded, you know, the beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist Church are actually grounded in God's Word? And so for me, I really went through this real searching phase. I didn't really want to go much to church, mm. um, but I did actually pray a lot, and I still did go to church, but my heart wasn't in it, but I didn't want to mm. sort of disappoint my mum, so, and I never spoke to her about it well until, into my adult years that I was going through that phase. Um, but, you know, for me mm. as a teenager when I really did that praying and I still read God's word, um, that God just convicted me, hey, you know, yes, your parents are in this church, but it's not about, um, you know, their way. It's about my way. It's about going according to God's word and that everything, you know, the pages that you turn in God's word, everything is explained in God's word as to why the church, the Seventh-day Adventist church stands on these solid beliefs. There's foundation and the foundation is in Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes what people have experienced is that they've experienced people that are religious mm. rather than Christian. Yeah. And there is a massive difference. But when you oh, find people sure. who are living Jesus Christ and who are passionate about sharing Jesus Christ with other people as we are called to, especially mm-hmm. in Matthew 28 says, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and just to take it all to all the world, you know, that's what we are called to do. And when we actually have that true conversion experience, it's when we have the true conversion experience that that becomes a natural way. We don't force, and I love Brett saying, we don't force, um, you know, Jesus and the Bible onto people. It's actually about walking a life with them, yeah. walking alongside of them, but just think, helping them see the beauty of having Jesus Christ in yeah. your life. And you can tell we are passionate about that, Absolutely. aren't we? Because we're, we're both experienced it. it. And again, from my perspective, coming from the outside in, like, the Christians that I live with every day and I interact with every day, they're like the nicest people I've ever met. Mm. Like, I'm not even, like, I'm not joking. Like, these are the, the nicest, kindest, most generous people I've ever met in my life. I haven't found that level of kindness and, and love and contentment outside of the church. And so for me, it's like, man, how do I be like these people? And then now as a Christian, I want to be like those people to share that with others. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491 yeah, it's a beautiful thing to be a Christian. Hey, and mm. hey, we've just got a text here to read out before you jump into our Bible study time by Stuart saying, Melbourne is great. Where else can you experience all four seasons in the one day? Yeah, I agree with oh, that. Hey, like awesome. every season in the day. So yeah, you got to take your clothes, all, all, all sorts of clothes out with you for the day when you're going somewhere. And this is the reason why I live in Sawtell, north coast of New South Wales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, Melbourne's great in Every way, you know, just, just, just oh, love it. Just so, the food and yeah. the shopping and yeah, the, just, just so much good stuff. So much good stuff. So much good stuff. So, yeah, I guess you're going to go down and see your friend and <laughs> preach down there we'll sometime. See, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll <laughs> uh, see. Hey, we're jumping to our Bible study, Ephesians Absolutely. chapter 6. We're wrapping it up this week. We've, we've we made are. our way through. Yep. You know, we've considered the message that Paul is is sharing here so yep. far we've seen some incredible we've we've received some incredible advice and and some reasons why it is that we should follow God and how it is that we do that as well how we function yes. 
as a, a body of believers and and today we're we're bringing that to an end today we are. we're we're seeing okay what what is the conclusion of of these things and how does ephesians really apply yeah to and we're, we're taking a full bird's eye view again back going back over what we've covered in detail and mm. then just pulling that together and of course the book of ephesians paul paul is the writer of that um, and he wrote it around in AD 60 or so, and it's a letter about the nature of the church, its origins and the importance of mission um, and being united and living as one. And mm. um, we just really unpacked that, hey, and so, I mean, even though Paul wrote this, hey, to the Ephesians, there's, it's just been written in such a way that it's just so generic that applies to each one of us today. Mm. And that's what I love about it, hey, and we've just really unpacked that in every way. Yeah. But, Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I, uh, that, and that's why it was canonized. You know, that's why yes. the book of Ephesians is a clue is included in the Bible is because of the information there. I, I was actually, I was writing an, uh, an essay. I write lots of essays. It's yes, like, it's that's like, part it's of like the studies. My, my job now is to write essays. <laughs> uh, I was writing an essay and it was about how prophetic messages turned into prophetic books. Basically, mm. it was a reflection on a reading report. Well, it was a reading report on you a book that we Ezekiel, did. You Ezekiel, didn't you? And mm-hmm. well, I did an analysis of Ezekiel. I did an analysis of Habakkuk. But then I also was considering as well, you know, exclusive from those two books, how it is that prophetic messages become a part of the Bible, Mm. especially in the Old Testament when the majority of the prophetic messages were very unpopular amongst the people because it was like calling them out for their sin, calling them to repent and whatnot. But there was, you know, among those people following God, which, you know, could have been few or far between in those time, in, in those various times, there was this recognizing amongst mm. the people that, wait, this is information that has come from God. And mm. so there would be from the writer themselves to, to, you know, write the book and edit the book and whatnot, but then also from those receiving it that, hey, this is something that needs to be included within our, our canon of scripture, you know, and, and the Old Testament canon closed mm. around 400 BC mm. at this time. And That's then, right. and then the New Testament canon, of course, closed after, after you know, the book of Revelation was, was written. And we have all the, the gospels and the epistles in there, including the book of Ephesians here. But it is truly advice. It's like, well, why even read the Bible? Like such an old book, but it, it was inspired by God. And as the Bible says in, in, in Second Timothy chapter Second Timothy, three, that's right, where it says like all Scripture is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for instruction in righteousness and correction. It's like the the Christians of this time, those of the faith community, were like this has a message that is transcendent. Yes, of our time, and for the Ephesians here, and what Paul is writing to them, particularly as we were looking at you know spiritual warfare, the great controversy, oh, standing with God. It's like yes. this is a message that is potent and, and important back then, but even more so, or just as much, or even more so now. Yeah, like to stand with God and to be protected against the wiles of the devil. You know, from to be protected from Satan, and particularly as we uh, on the precipice, on the cusp of seeing Jesus come back again. You know, we're we're very soon to closing up the race of humanity and is well the race of this world and the race of sin raced against sin and it's like man you know this advice is so fitting for us and that's why we, we jump into the bible that's why we study the bible you know we're not just popularist in the sense of oh what's the what's the philosophy of the time let's go and chase yeah. that down and understand it it's like no what does the bible say get back to the bible that, that yeah get back to the bible and what i love too with paul's writings is that of course because he was previously saul became paul he was the mm. persecutor 
persecutor of Christians Mm -hmm. because, and we talked earlier today about, you know, that heart conversion to be truly converted. Paul was truly, truly converted, you know, and so he writes from a heart of massive conversion and of massive passion for the people that around him at that time, you know, and that he had this burden to then share it to the world. Mm. And of course, you know, um, he, he was just the biggest church planter of all time. Yeah. Like, you know, because he, he just went and started churches in different places. He discipled people, left leaders there in every way. Um, and you know, in here with the book of Ephesians, of course, you know, the two key things that he's bringing, bringing out is that whole, that, that vertical relationship that Christ has reconciled us to God, you know, mm. and all, cre- all creation has been reconciled to God, that we as humans have been reconciled, you know, redeemed and brought back to him. But then about that whole horizontal, um, you know, relationships that we need to have as well, that as Christians, because Christ is at the centre, we are to be united. And so, hey, let's have a look because, you know, um, here today just uh, we're unpacking again about the blessedness in Christ. So let's um, let's pick out a few key verses there in Chapter 1 that, that were really key to give us this bird's eye view. What do you yeah. reckon? Absolutely. Yep. I'm, I'm already here. I'm in chapter one, ready to go. Yeah. What do we Let, want to let's look at? Let's go to verse four, and verse then we're going to unpack four. verse seven and eight, and then I might do 13 and 14 once you've done that. Wow. Okay. I'll start with verse... I'll read three and three, four. Three, yes. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Mm-hmm. And then verse seven and eight. Verse seven and eight, the Bible says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Mm, and then I'm going to read verse 13 and 14. It says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, to whom, or in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase or possession to the praise of his glory. What we see, and again, you know, you know how I circle words in my Bible. Absolutely. I underline them and everything. And of course, those words blessed are really come through hey right at mm. the very start in verse 3 that he says that God wants Christ wants through Christ they want God wants to bless us doesn't yes. they and we have been blessed because in every spiritual blessing it says there in verse 3 mm. and in the heavenly places and so the whole thing is here that it's a this is we we get this landscape of salvation the picture of salvation mm. that we actually receive right at the start of the book of Ephesians mm. and and the fact that what well, isn't that a beautiful thing that from the foundation of the world it says that that you know we were chosen in him from the foundation of the world and then of course verse 5 having been predestined and adopted as sons in Christ to himself according to his good pleasure what do you love about that the most yes yeah. um the the idea of adoption you yeah. know it's we are in a situation in which we are estranged from Christ and he adopts us back and i i have not been adopted. I'm, you know, uh, I was raised by my birth parents, but I think that concept of someone not being, you know, forced to look after yeah. you, but rather choosing, choosing, choosing to be your carer, mm. to be and desiring the best responsible for, you. for yeah. you. You know, I mean, my parents chose me because, you know, they chose me every day. 
Mm-hmm. But they also kind of got stuck with me as well. They 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 chose to have children. So you can choose your friends, but not your family. That's hey? right. They they chose to have children. Yep. And their their choice amounted in me. And so, uh, although they they had that intention, is ultimately stuck with me. And, and it's good because like my da- I know my parents love me. I love my parents. My parents love my sisters too. My sisters love my parents. Like like we all love each other. And, and dad always says to me stuff. He's like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any. Especially when I was growing up. You know, I used to I used to do sport. And I used to put so much pressure on myself to win. And and uh, my dad would be like, Oh, even if you lost Lawson, I wouldn't choose anyone else here oh, to be isn't my that beautiful, son. Eh? And but we see that in the ultimate sense with God, yes. like, because we are the biggest losers, not even kidding. Like Yo. we have made such awful decisions to separate ourselves from him and continue to do so at yet, times. Yeah. Yet he still chooses <laughs> oh, us. He's like, beautiful? I choose you, Yo. which is, we're, we're going to unpack, unpack this more. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM, positively different. Lawson, we have our last quiz question for today. We've had answers flying in, especially with that last one when we gave that general kind of tip, but people just got it anyway. Hey, yeah, just like, They're on it. <laughs> they so, were on it. So, so good. Okay, our last quiz question. It's a short one. Take it away. It's simply this. In what book do we read the story of Onesimus? Yeah. If you know the answer to that one, 0491 Zero six four six six nine. Of course, our prize for this week is the amazing, the great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation, the Bible study journal. So this one that we are giving away is in red as well. So this beautiful red book. Nice. And you basically can work through verse by verse and you've got sections to write commentary in on, you know, what some, some notes about each one of the passages. And then again, we've also got the KJV Bible with Mark Finley's study help. So we're essentially helping you to be your own Bible theologian, your own Bible teacher, which we should all aim to be. We should all be able to Absolutely. preach the word in and out of season to give a reason for our faith and what we believe. But again, our number is 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you'll get another entry into the draw to win those prizes for this week. So again, it was, in what book do we read the story of Onesimus? If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. And the tip is we actually referred to that about a week ago. So if if you were listening and you remember the story, Mm -hmm. um, you'll actually know which book that was in Mm -hmm. because, yeah, we actually did refer to that. But, hey, before we went to our last song, um, it, we actually were unpacking Ephesians 1 again, just giving a bird's eye view this yeah. week of Ephesians. And we just loved the fact that, we, you know, Jesus chose, we were chosen before yeah. the foundation of the world. And you're talking about adoption and stuff like that. And- yeah. And particularly like, oh man. So it's like, I, I really have a heart for parents who are raising children that have a disability, mm-hmm. you know, like I, well, I think there's so much to admire yep. there. It's like, wow, like this person is, is stepping up into this because it, cause it ultimately like, like if we're honest, it, it makes things harder. Like yep. children with a disability, it's like, it's more difficult to look after them, potentially more expensive. And those parents that step up into that space and say, like, okay, my child has a disability, but I'm going to give them everything that they could possibly need. And that's just what parents do for children, mm. whether they have a disability or not. You know, you mm. could, you could be born without a disability. And, you know, I can think back to my childhood. I could have had a, uh, a motorbike crash that disabled me for the rest of my life. And my parents would be there for me. Still love you. Still have you loving me and raising me. That's it. Um, because that's, that's their character. That's who they are. And, but 
what's even just more incredible, like that I that I see here is that like we actively chose you know to to ruin the world mm. <laughs> like mm. we chose sin we chose the ruin of this world over a relationship with god yet god still endeavored to adopt us it's like he took on the responsibility further of like yeah i'm going to look after these children i'm going to adopt them back adopt it- even though they've fu- just fully rejected me. That's it. And the beautiful thing is it's like from, you know, we've said about the from the foundation of the world from eternity past and you're saying now he's adopted us fully. Mm. It's right into the eternity of future, right? He mm. wants us to then have that full salvation with him. Um, and 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 that, that beautiful thing mm. is that you're saying is he's, he's like chosen us, he's adopted us right on in. Verse 14, he says, and who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Isn't that mm. just beautiful in that space? Mm. And then, of course, verse 17 um, and uh, 18 and 19, those it sort of covers about the fact that, you know, it is that we've, uh, what's the words here I'm looking for? What is the hope of his calling, which are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance, in the saints there it is that word inheritance again and which he worked in christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places so Mm. it's not even just on this earth but but what he's saying what paul is saying here is that through jesus being raised from the dead and in the heavenly places we it's like we are seated right by him in the heavenly places what Mm. do you think of that because i just love that thought of actually being seated in heaven with him um for eternity, do you know what I mean? Like- yeah, of course. You know, like, again, it's the, the ultimate reward of faith is, yes, a, a better, more fulfilled life here, but eternity with Christ. Oh. Eternal life is, is it's something that we just simply cannot understand. And I've talked about this probably on The Breakfast Show before, but we live a life that we get tastes, glimpses of heaven, you know, we see through a mirror dimly. But, Mm. you know, this morning and and over the last couple of days, like I've been really struggling with sickness, right? Mm. And it's like, okay, you know, I'm surrounded by people who love me and, you know, there's so many good things in my life. But, you you know, the the fact that we live in this broken and sinful world, it's like, oh man, I'm... I'm tired. Like I'm struggling. I'm fuzzy. I'm this. I'm that. Even, even in our greatest moments of joy, we still struggle with, with our own mortality and our own limitations of, of life. You know, there's never really a point where we get to experience like, Oh man, I am free from the shackles of, of, of pain. I'm free from the shackles mm. of, um, you know, you can go out and, and, and for example, on Sunday, I went go-karting and it was like that, on that day I started to get sick and I came home afterwards and I'm like feeling lightheaded and I had such a good earlier part of the day because I went go-karting and I won and I beat everyone. I'm like, oh, wow, and I got to hang out with my friends. I'm like, wow, what a fantastic, amazing experience. And then I paid a price for it, which oh, was like, which was like, ah, oh, now I feel sick and dizzy and lightheaded and not well. And, and it's like, Okay, so in a really joyful experience, there's still difficulty and pain. Yeah. Uh, and yet, or I can think of like a mother giving birth to a child. You know, it's like having a child is one of like the most best, incredible, amazing blessings that there is. But they also suffer through the pain of childbirth itself. We look toward heaven, a context in mm. which there is true joy with also at the same time 
the absence of pain. It's something that oh. we do not understand. Yes. But it is a reward that is far beyond our, our, our comprehension. But we far very, beyond much, our comprehension. very much look to because Absolutely. of what Christ has done. Bit of, because of what Christ has done. And mm. I love the fact that because of what Christ has done, and we can say with with complete assurance that we don't have mm. to work our way to salvation. Yeah, we don't right. have to work our way to have eternal life. And that's why I love, and I think I shared some time ago, that one of the key verses that was the turning point for me in my life from that mm. workspace to the grace-based salvation is is then in the further passage of chapter 2 of Ephesians. Mm. And, of course, within this passage here, Paul contrasts our past sinful life um, to the blessings of God and salvation that we can have and also celebrate salvation in the grace of God. And what I love about that, it says there, but God, but mm. God, verse, chapter 2, verse 4 of Ephesians, but God, that's the turning point, who is rich in his mm. mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved. Mm. Then verse 8 and 9, for by, this was the verse that was a turning point for me, for by grace you have been saved through, through faith. faith. And not not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. That whole grace thing is just so central and so beautiful mm. um, about who God is, but it's so central to Christianity, isn't mm. that? And when we just sway away from that, we can get it it's just so wrong. But the beautiful picture here that Paul paints for us is that through Christ and in Christ, we have a different life. We are transformed and we actually mm. have that beautiful picture of this amazing, amazing God. Yeah, absolutely. He has given us so much and the call that he has back is accept it mm. uh, by grace, through faith. Live it, you know, be it, be it, uh, and and we have that amazing opportunity. We we live in a in a situation of of just wins. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And Lawson, we've come to the end of our quizzes today, and it is time to give the answers. And we've had a lot coming through, hey, so here we go. Guys, fantastic work on the quiz today. Hey, we are going to have our quiz answers here. Which two tribes, along with the half-tribe of Manasseh, were the first to receive their portion of the Promised Land? It was Reuben and Gad. Reuben and Gad, they were the first ones to receive it in Numbers 34, verse 14. If you want to fact-check us there and make sure we're saying the right things. When Paul promised to visit the Corinthians, what weapon did he threaten to come with? A whip slash a rod of discipline. Yeah. He's like, guys, I'm going to sort you out because, <laughs> you know, the Corinthians have been all unruly and silly and doing all kinds of silly things. He's like, I'm going to sort you guys out with a, with a whip slash a rod of discipline, he, which I think he, was metaphorical. Absolutely. And he was coming to them a bit like a father, you know, a mm. father who kind of disciplines their kids. Um, mm. But he wasn't wanting to be called the father, you mm-hmm. know, or to be the father as such. But, yeah, that was the rod of discipline. The eh? rod of discipline. <laughs> Next one here, it says, fill in the blanks. He that hath an ear, let him hear 
what the Spirit saith unto the churches. That's from Revelation chapter 3 and verse 13. So, yeah, listening to, essentially, well, you've got the the prophecy there of the seven churches Mm. and goes through all these different characteristics that they have in Christ's response to those characteristics. And this one is, of course, to the church of Sardis, and he actually Mm. says there, you know, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are in fact dead. But I I like that. Would that be just like bang to the heart, hey, like... You're thinking, you're thinking you're living a pretty and all right life when he goes like, no, you're actually yes. dead. Like, you know, yeah. there you go. But you know, what I love too, though, that when he actually, when John actually writes here, um, you know, about the seven church and uh, here about the seven churches, mm. actually all of them ends with he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says, you know, um, it, it is it actually is just saying here in every space. So, you mm. know, we've actually got it with the compromising church, the corrupt church, the, you know, Thyatira and all of those. Mm. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit it says to the churches, it ends with all of that. And for each of those churches, in other words, have your ears open and be open to what the Spirit is saying to you mm. in this space. That hey, listen to this, listen. Mm. So if you are alive but you're like you're, you know dead, become alive truly, genuinely. Yeah, Don't be dead. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's on here. Elisha was cried to by a woman. Uh, sorry, a widow, and he instructs her to sell. It's actually oil. Yeah, uh, to pay debts and to take care of her family. And of course, we gave the clue there. You, yeah, you, it's, it's sometimes, in your pantry. It's sometimes edible because you know if it's in your car, don't eat it. Or if it's that <laughs> kind of oil, please don't. I saw this video the other day that kind of it made my stomach turn a little bit. It was this guy, and you know it's just like a silly like a YouTube challenge thing where he he jumped into a pool of like used oil oh. and gets out and they're trying to scrub it off him and it's just like binding to his skin oh. and it's just it was just awful i was like that that guy is so silly and dumb don't do that no. don't do that if it's edible then eat it if it's not then don't don't just put it in your car. Absolutely. Hey, and then finally here, in in what book do we read the story of Onesimus? And that is the story of Philemon. Yes, absolutely. Right there. Hey, um, yeah. just a really good story. And we touched on it the other week, didn't we? Yeah. Um, Talked and, about Onesimus and, and Philemon and, and, and how and Paul slave. was just saying, yeah, just look after him, you know, mm. basically as as a disciple there, you mm-hmm, know, to mm-hmm. adopt him in, to mm-hmm. adopt him in. So, um, and we of course love unpacking the Bible. Hey, we've got a text here from David. You were talking earlier about how you know with with um, families that or couples that adopt children in, um, mm. but in this case here, da- and and that or have disabled. Disa- you were talking more about the disabilities yeah. there. Um, and David just messaged us and says. Hi, guys. We have six kids and our three younger are actually autistic. So mm. um, good on you, David, and to your yeah. wife that, you know, you're looking after all of these beautiful children. They are yours. Um, and, yeah, autism isn't an, an easy thing to have in the home. But the beautiful thing is that there is the autistic society, autism society in Australia that is very supportive in that space. Mm. Um, and it is very much about preventative um, way. Well, not so much preventative ways, but giving early childhood intervention Mm. from a very early age to families to know actually hey and what to do and so the great care is there in every way 
We've come to the end of our show. Always goes way too quick. Want to leave you with a promise from God's word from Isaiah 54:10 that says, "Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed." Says the Lord who has compassion on you. May that be a promise for you today. But before we also finish up, just remember, of course, to live, talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide uphold you. With the sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.